What happens when you put two experts behind mics to match wits on the current state of financial services, the economy, investments, and more? From the American College of Financial Services, this is Wealth Managed. Welcome to today's episode of the Wealth Managed podcast. I'm Michael Finca. I'm a professor of wealth management at the American College. And I'm David Blanchett, head of retirement research for Morningstar and an adjunct professor at the American College. David, long-term care insurance, one of our favorite topics. Now, why is it that economists love long-term care insurance? What is so attractive about this particular form of insurance that makes it more attractive than, say, I don't know, buying an extended warranty on a car? So when people think about risk, there's there's four things that you can do with it, right? You can reduce the exposure, you can avoid it, you can transfer it, reduce, retain, avoid transfer. It's four things you can do. And what you should do depends upon both the severity and the frequency. And when when people think about what to do with risks, long-term care is like the perfect example of a risk that you should transfer, right? Long-term care expenses are incredibly severe. If you experience them, they can be. They're low frequency. And so when when you and I and others think about long-term care insurance, that's the thing that makes a lot of sense because the expenses for long-term care can be, as we know, catastrophic. Now, you mentioned this idea that it's it's a low probability event. But last time I heard someone try to sell long-term care insurance, they said that something like one out of every two Americans ends up in a long-term care facility. That doesn't sound like a low-frequency event. That's actually a great point. And so the odds of going to a, a nursing home facility increase as you age. A lot of individuals will go there at some point. But I think the real question, right, is the economic implications of doing so. And so, you know, being in a nursing home for, say, you know, a month or two months is not the same as being there for, say, three to five years. And I think it's that three to five year concern. It's what individuals worry about when it comes to retirement planning. It's, it's this great unknown that could happen, say, at age 90, you already depleted most of your assets. That's a great point, David. So if you look at actual healthcare expenses in retirement for retirees, it's not as high as you might expect. Actually, Medicare is pretty generous. So what you see is that, of course, Medicare does not cover extended long-term care stays. And if you look at the distribution of outcomes of medical expenses in retirement, most retirees don't spend a whole lot, even those who end up in a long-term care facility. But maybe two out of every 100 will have this really expensive extended long-term care experience. That's why economists like long-term care insurance, because it is that typical type of very severe low probability event. So if you take 100 retirees, you put them all in a room and at the very beginning, you know, this is your, your counseling session before everybody retires. You say, hey, by the way, two of you are going to experience an extended long-term care event that's going to cost you between $500,000 and a million in out-of-pocket expenses. What should we do here collectively as a group? Should we have those two people face the possibility that their whole retirement plan could be ruined if they get unlucky? Or does it make more sense for the rest of us to collectively pitch in premium payments so that none of us in this room out of 100 will have to experience that huge loss on our own? That's risk pooling. That's what economists like about the idea of insurance. If we can just buy away that potential severe risk at the very beginning of retirement, then we can all live better in retirement. And in fact, I've actually looked at life satisfaction to people who have long-term care insurance. And they are actually far more satisfied than the dollar value of the premium would allow you to believe. 
So in other words, if we look at the dollar value of the satisfaction, if they had, say, an extra half a million dollars of assets, it would make them just as happy as having long-term care coverage. Why? Because they know that no matter what happens, they can actually spend their money without worrying about it today because they don't have to face that potential big risk of long-term care insurance. Now, that said, there are problems with the market for long-term care insurance. Are there not, David? That's right. I mean, I think that, you know, I wasn't sure where you're going there with the public or or private option for long-term care. I mean, in theory, there there is a, a quasi-public option. There is Medicaid. If you deplete your assets effectively, significantly, you can qualify for Medicaid. I think it's individuals that call the average retiree American that has some savings, it's really at risk here, right? Where there's this real possibility that if they do enter a nursing home, for example, it could more than deplete all their assets. And so that kind of begs the question, well, what do you do? Well, you know, I mentioned long-term care insurance, you did as well. I think a, a problem with long-term care is, well, there's actually a few, like one is the cost. And, and we've seen costs evolve significantly right over the last decade where individuals were sold a policy and the premiums doubled or tripled because the risk wasn't priced appropriately. There's also just general availability. My father-in-law looked into long-term care insurance and wasn't deemed eligible. And so I think that it's worth considering, but the implementation aspects of long-term care insurance make it an imperfect solution. That's a good point, David. Let's take a quick break. Learn how a goal-based approach redefines 21st century investment with our Wealth Management Certified Professional designation. Bring your value to a new level at theamericancollege.edu slash WMCP. Give your clients the retirement security they need with our Retirement Income Certified Professional designation. Visit theamericancollege.edu slash RICP to learn more. Welcome back. So you mentioned this idea of costs. Well, I mean, it seems like it's a participating policy. So essentially, when you buy into it, you participate with the losses that are experienced by the insurance company. It's hard to plan on, especially if you're putting together a budget for retirement, if those premiums might rise in the future. How do you plan for that ahead of time? That doesn't seem like a great alternative. How many policies exist today that truly protect against catastrophic loss? What do you mean? So one of the big problems with the market right now is that there are fewer and fewer providers willing to provide unlimited long-term right. care protection. So what ends up happening is that you know you may have these policies with relatively short, what's known as an elimination period, how long between when you actually file the claim, when you experience the loss, and when the actual payments to the insured occur. What's happening now is the economist's vision of the perfect long-term care product doesn't exist as much in the marketplace as you might imagine. So to an economist, the perfect product would look like a very long elimination period, maybe two Two years after you first enter a long-term care facility, the insurance company begins making payments. The economists love that. You know, people who buy these products don't love it because they have to bear two years worth of losses on their own. But that's the kind of insurance protection that you should want. You should want to protect against a very large loss. And having to pay maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars out of pocket the first couple of years sounds like a lot of money, but it's not a catastrophic loss. You want to protect against that catastrophic loss. But more and more long-term care policies are saying, no way am I going to cover you forever. Maybe I'll cover you for five years. That creates... This problem where you're not 
actually protecting against tail risk, which is the whole purpose of insurance is to protect against that very big loss. But then is, is expanding the quote unquote public long-term care insurance solution an option? Well, I mean, it, it actually was in the version of the Affordable Care Act that made it out of committee. It actually didn't make it through budgeting because it was too expensive. But we got very close to providing long-term care protection through the public sector or mandated protection through Medicare. And if, if that would have happened, then all of these long-term care policies would have become far less valuable because the public sector would have bared the burden of that potential risk. And that's a risk of buying long-term care insurance, especially if you're young. I mean, you, you want to buy it while you're eligible. So you might start buying, paying for premiums when you're in your 40s. But who's to say that 30 years from now, the government is not going to be bearing a portion of that risk? And I have to say that it's nearly unconscionable that retirees do have to bear that potential risk on their own, especially when other types of healthcare risks are covered through Medicare. So who knows what's going to happen in the future? That's a problem with the marketplace right now. The other problem with the marketplace is many of these products don't protect against catastrophic loss, but theoretically it is the kind of protection that retirees should get. And hopefully we'll come up with either private sector or public sector solutions in the future that will actually take that burden off retiree shoulders. But the situation right now is not good. So what should advisors do that have clients that are nervous because they see these fidelity campaigns that talk about million dollar medical expenses in retirement? You know, one solution that a lot of advisors are using are these sort of hybrid insurance products. And I was originally skeptical of these products, but I've come to believe that especially for a retiree that has a bequest motive, there is some value to a permanent life insurance product that incorporates some sort of optionality to allow you to take out funds. If you experience a long-term care event, you can take funds out of that policy. You may end up depleting it, so you get rid of your legacy goal, but they can be an efficient way to provide the protection. And then if that policy changes and there is public support for long-term care expenses, you at least have that asset, which is going to provide that legacy goal. So that's one way of dealing with it. And I like the psychological benefit of that as well. A lot of people see premiums for long-term care insurance as simply a loss and they're expensive. But if you can pay your premiums toward a life insurance policy that provides protection against a long-term care event, then essentially you have an option embedded in that life insurance policy. Of course, you have to pay for the life insurance policy. And for some people, that might not be the best option. Some people don't have a significant legacy goal for them. It's probably not the right way to do it. But for a lot of retirees, it can be a way to get them to at least take some of that risk off their shoulders and transfer it to an insurance company in a relatively efficient fashion. I like it. You like it. All right. Good to hear, David. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Wealth Managed Podcast. I'm Michael Finca. And I'm David Blanchett. See you all later. For more episodes and shows, visit theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. Wealth Managed is a production of the American College of Financial Services. 